Are we on? All right, so welcome. Um, I see we have one, two people rapidly joining in. Um, welcome to another Ask the Mentor uh, segment. Today, uh, I'm Dr. Moray. I will uh, fill in for Dr. Russo. As a matter of fact, I do have a little bit of a surprise for you in a, in a few moments. And um, uh, today, there's, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about today, but uh, mainly we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult patients, complicated patients, um, how to not choose, but make sure we get these um, warning signs from the patients. So we'll do that, and I think in a, in a little bit, we're uh, given a time for a few more people to join. And I, I was just told that uh, Dr. Russo is going to join us. So, but uh, please, welcome to another beautiful night here in Boston, and whatever it is that you're listening to us. Um, the face fox, thank you, wave you right back. Um, MN Medical Skin, Cynthia, Brittany. Brittany, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, hang out, hang around. We're going to see, uh, as I said, a nice uh, visit from Dr. Russo. Um, I got a little bit of my water today. We've been sponsored by Poland Spring, so that's pretty good. Hey, hello, Tracy Rose. How was everything? I haven't seen you in a while. I know you texted me the other day. Um, so, um, how to deal with complicated people. It's very simple. Don't treat them. So, thank you for joining me, and that's all I got for today. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, dealing, with, dealing with complicated people is very, it's very hard. It's very hard because... Um, Oh, Dr. Russo's right here. Hello, Dr. Russo. Um, I'm going to see if we can join Dr. Russo in real quick. Can we, does he have to, you have to request Dr. Russo, you have to request us uh, to join. Lulu, I have a good following today. Um, I think, yes, is that? Are we waiting for Dr. Russo to come in or? He's coming in. He's coming in. Hey, Victor. Dr. Good Dr. evening. How are you? I'll get my glasses down here. It's kind of bright yeah. out. Good, good to see you. How are you feeling today? Well, you know, well, it, it's funny you should ask. Um, I have a little headache. Um, I had some Botox about four years ago, and I had a little yeah. headache at the time. And you know now I've got this kind of massive migraine, and I you know just wonder if it's uh, if it's connected. I, you know, I, you think the Botox could cause the, the terrible migraine I'm having now, Victor? After forty years, I don't know. Dr. Yeah, we have to talk to Ellie about this. <laughs> you know, you 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 bring up a good point, and I, I think it's been all over the uh, all over. Oh, look at that! That's what I need right now. I need one of those. I gotta relax a little bit. Of wine. <laughs> And I, and I think that's what's uh, going around the, the web, right, uh, about uh, this particular person, Josh, who got injected several years ago, and now um, 
he's having side effects. What do you think about that? Well, I think we need to look back at the history a little bit. I mean, you probably know that this guy used to be called Botox Josh, and there was someone called Juvederm Julie. And it turned out right. that Botox Josh wasn't using Botox, and it turned out that Juvederm Julie wasn't using Juvederm, and they were politely asked to stop, you know, falsely advertising. And, you know, it's like if I call myself Galderma Joe and I use Allergan products, I'm kind of not being truthful, aren't I? So right. they were politely they were politely asked to, to not misrepresent the company. Um, and if they wanted to use that, those names, then they should actually use the product. Correct. So that's kind of the first point I have, which kind of raises my eyebrows a little bit. Secondly, I mean, I think any of us who are in medicine know what's realistic and what isn't. And one of the one of the people that works with me, you know her pretty well, Carmelo, he says, if you're going to lie, at least make it believable, right? So at make least believe. she tells you that all the time. <laughs> she tells me that all the time. So craft a story that at least has some believability. Now, if you tell me, Victor, and I believe everything you tell me. If you said, Dr. Russo, I had a product injected four years ago and the product you know, depending upon which of those products you chose, you, you know, last between one and two years. Just like I said to you, Victor, do you think my headache now is related to the Botox I had four years ago? You said, well, how can it be? Because it doesn't last that long, right? Exactly. And it doesn't cause any permanent changes in my brain chemistry or anything else, right? So I would say to you, well, Victor, I don't know how you could say something's bothering you. How can you blame something? that was injected four years ago that at the very, very longest could last maybe up to two years and then it's completely gone. I would say, you know, I don't, I don't think that's reasonable. I don't think it's reasonable to, to, to conclude that because anyone with any common sense or anyone who knows about medicine would tell you, Victor, that's not possible. And secondly, it's sort of like saying, okay, I got this Botox four years ago. Now I have a brain tumor and I'm dying of a brain tumor. And I'm blaming the Botox. Well, I mean, you can do that. I mean, if I was dying, I'd probably be angry too, but uh, it doesn't make it right. So let's think about it from this perspective. If you're injected with a product, any product, any product can cause granulomas or nodules or an inflammatory condition. Um, and that product either goes away by being dissolved or just goes away naturally. And after it's all gone, you're claiming that now you've got this terrible thing happening because of what's happened well, it doesn't make sense because if you have a, a nodule, a granuloma, inflammatory mass, we know the data shows that it's usually the result of the injector, you know, not being sterile with their technique, getting uh, a biofilm, you know, hitting a vessel, hit, injecting in the wrong plane, whatever it is. We know that most of those things are the result of injector error. We know that every single product, any filler you inject can have that happen. So to say that this localized reaction, whatever it is, is causing a systemic reaction goes against everything that is taught in medicine. And if you don't understand that, you shouldn't be in this business. You shouldn't be injecting patients. You shouldn't be putting stuff. If I'm dying of some crazy disease and I can't breathe and I'm fighting for my last breath, breath the last thing I'm going to do is post it on social media. The last thing I'm going to do. So... I don't understand this whole thing. Maybe you can shed some light on it. What's your opinion? 
I don't know. I, you know, I always agree with you, Dr. Russo, and this time more than ever, and cheers to that. Um, I, I, I feel the same way. I think we're all, and, and I've always said that everybody wants to be the next uh, social media king or queen. So, and, and what better way to attract viewers or followers than, you know, out of problem, whatever, whatever that product was used, like, like you said, very unlikely to be a juvenile product, because if that's the case, I, I can guarantee you the medical team from Elegant is looking into this as we speak, yeah. and they would have come up with something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of sad, because I think that what happens with social media is people judge others by virtue of how many followers they have. And I will say to you that the more followers someone has, the less, the less able they are. If they're just in it for social media followers, they do things like this to create followers. It means to me that they're desperate. They don't understand what they're doing. And it, it smacks of just being deceitful, you know? So I don't know. I mean, the people that really do good work don't need to do crazy things like this. Don't need to create stories that don't, that don't hold water, that don't make sense. You know, if, if, if you don't know enough about medicine to understand how crazy a scenario like this is, then you either need to go back to school or just stop doing this altogether because you're probably hurting people. So, you know, I, I feel bad for these people. I, I honestly do. Uh, I feel bad for other people that they influence who think that this is a real thing and that this could actually happen because, you know, the level of education in this industry is terrible. It's pathetic. It's horrible. But when you start adding false stuff to it, it makes it so much more confusing for the people who are really trying to learn really trying to understand how to be safe, really understanding how to get good outcomes. And when people are doing stuff like this, that is just obviously not true and obviously so crazy. It just, it, it upsets me. It irritates me because, you know, you and I run a school. We try to keep it real. You know, and this is what this is about tonight. is trying to keep it real, understanding what's possible and what's not. Victor's a physician. I'm a physician. We've been doing this for a long time. This is my 31st year in practice. You know, you know what's real and what's not, and this isn't real. Um, so uh, I, it's upsetting to me, and that's why I feel compelled to talk about it, because I don't want people to be misled and think these kinds of things happen, because it scares people. It scares people into, into doing the wrong things and thinking the wrong things. So we're just trying to set the record straight. Right, and I agree with you, Dr. Bruce. I mean, I mean, look at us. Last week, we're, we always tried to better ourselves, taking classes, going to uh, conferences and such as, and and even last week we learned something we always learn something everywhere we go and and you don't see any of the big names you know taking this advanced classes where anybody can inject but can, do they really know what they're doing and, and what the reason behind it is yeah yeah and you know when you when you start getting people who are kind of clouding the issue with their own stuff to try to get more followers and create drama it makes, it gives the whole industry a black eye. It gives, it lowers all of our statuses. And, you know, if this is all about followers, then, then I, I want to be out of this game. You know I mean? I think the more followers you have sometimes the worse these people are because it's all about them being famous, not really about them doing good work or being honest with you. So unfortunately for those of you who fell into this sort of trap of believing this product that was ejected four years ago, that only lasts one to two years can actually cause a long-term systemic problem. Um, please don't bite. Please don't bite that hook because it's a bad one and you'll come to regret it. But I mean, we I have seen the, 
Well, uh, yeah, of course. And we have seen those, I mean, we have seen those kind of reactions, but with the, with a different product, with the, the PMMA-based products that they, they, you can cause, we have silicone products. Those are, you know, non-absorbable. They stay there forever. And yeah. then you do see a reaction five or 10 years later, but, yeah. but definitely not with the HA product. Right. I mean, and you know, not, and not three, four years later. Right. And we, we know any any of these products can cause these things, but it's really more the injector, not the product. And I think, you know, we've seen, you know, you and I have seen how many people inject, you know, a filler and they wipe the needle on their glove or they wipe it on the patient's hair or they drag it across the skin. They contaminate the field constantly. I mean, these are the things that cause nodules and granulomas. These are the things that are in that are dependent on the injector. The products all work. The products are all good. Every product can have a granuloma or a seroma or a, you know uh, an inflammatory nodule. It's really more about the injector. So, unfortunately, people don't want to look at themselves. They always want to blame the product. They always want to blame the device. They always want to blame the laser. They don't want to blame the person who's doing the settings and say, oh, the laser must have malfunctioned. It couldn't have been me. And that's what you see over and over and over again in this industry. And it's, you know, it's time that we take responsibility for what, you know, what's truthful and, and not try to blame someone else or something else or some other product. So, I, I think it takes a true provider to accept their mistakes and I think we have done it in the past, and we do it all the time. And, and like you said, we try to do the best for our students, for the people that we teach, and, and try to uh, – and, and I'm going to include myself, and I apologize for that – to be a mentor. I just include yeah. myself in the mentor team. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are a mentor because you understand. Um, I'm so grateful for all my AM trainings from Tracy. Um, you know, all you can do is try to keep it real and try to – block out the noise and what's happening with this crazy person is is noise and the, from the very beginning when you take the name you know of botox you know whatever my name is you don't use botox what what kind of message are you putting out there what are you saying about yourself what why are you saying that you use a, why are you using the name of a company that's worked very hard to make that name worth something using that name but using another product like who does that right you're definitely taking advantage of a name to 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 um, to get uh, to get a personal gain. So, and that's not right. And now you're upset with them. So now you're blaming their product for whatever malady you have. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. And this is, you know, unfortunately, what this industry is filled with: drama, people trying to move up on you know Instagram by getting more followers so they get money or whatever the hell they're trying to do, and it's a terrible mix of, of business, people trying to become famous and actually delivering services to patients without hurting them. And it's, you know, it's, we're in a dangerous point in this industry. I, I really feel like, you know, people are so caught up with themselves in their 15 minutes of fame that they don't really care about the industry. They don't care about their patients. They don't care about themselves really. They just want that 15 minutes of fame and whatever money they get, then they hit the, they hit the high road and they run, you know? Absolutely. So, I agree with you, Dr. Russo, and uh, and I thank you for taking the time and, and joining in. And I know you're relaxing by the pool. I am. I wish I could thank be right, right there and uh, taking a dip right now. It's so hot. I wish. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll buzz. Off. I'll just listen to you guys talk. But I know you had an important topic to talk about tonight. But this uh, this other important topic kind of preceded us. So I hope all of you guys understand that what they're talking about with this. 
tox Josh guys. It's total bullshit and uh, should be avoided. I've got to go. What? <laughs> I'm done talking. I'm done talking. I think they're taking over. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to take off. Right, I'm just going to listen. All right. Will, good night, guys. I will see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that you, there you go. You had it. Uh, Dr. Russo's thought on the on the hot topic of the day or even the week, I think. Um, the Josh talks Josh, um, who um, I think we, Dr. Russo's already said what how he feels about him, right? And I I really feel the same way, so I'm not gonna uh, say anything else about that. Back to what we. Uh, came to talk about, talk about uh, difficult clients, difficult people. Um, I know Tatiana from Connecticut just joined in, so good to hear from you, good to see you. Um, so the problem with difficult people is that how do we identify these complicated people, patients? Um, number one, it's when, when they come in, um, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between being a difficult patient and and asking in a patient that it's asking for what is right. If a patient is asking you to show him the, the product that you use, that's not being difficult. It's just making sure you're using the right kind of product. For example, if, uh, if you say you're, you're using, just like somebody else we just talked about, if you say you're using uh, Botox, but in reality you're not using Botox, you're using one of the other products, then I think the patient has the right to know what exactly it is that you're using. Um, so that's not being difficult. They're just asking for their rights. Now, the difficult patient, it's the one that's going to come in and it's going to tell you, you know what, um, I was just, I came here because I used to go to this place and they charged me X amount of dollars uh, for this treatment. So can you match that or can you do something better for me? That right off the bat, it's the wrong foot to start with. Um, or they can tell you, you know, um, this is a, a funny one because I get this all the time. Uh, my old, my old uh, doctor, uh, he would only do 15 units for the whole forehead. You'd be like, 50? Well, how is that happening? So you're saying, oh, I have to do 35 or 40 or 50. And they say, well, can you do half of that? Because I only have X amount of money. So right there, they're asking you to under-treat them, cut corners. And when you do, if you do, then I hope you don't. They're going to come back and say, you know what, it didn't work. And they're going to blame it on you. They're going to say you're a, a bad a provider. Um, you don't use the right product. Um, somebody actually said to me, um, I remember they came in for fillers. And they wanted a discount. And I did give them a discount. And they came back two weeks later not happy because they needed more than one or two syringes or whatever was given to that person. And the first thing the person said, uh, this is what happens when, when you ask for a discount or you get treatments at a discount prices. You don't get the right treatment. So I was a little upset on that. And uh, she wanted her money back. And I said, I'll, I'll give you money back, but I will actually um, dissolve my product. Because if I'm going to give you money back, then I'm going to take my product back. So I will dissolve it. And I will... Um, of course, give you money back. At that point, she said, oh, I'm okay. It's not really that bad anyway. So um, when they call and they always want to talk to you, they're always, they don't want to deal with the front desk people. They want to deal with your nurses. They want to call you all the time. They pretty much, if they have your cell phone number, they will call you 24-7 at every single time. Um, those are the people that, that 
really are, are you want to keep away, you want to keep a, a safe distance from. Um, people that you notice, they, when they come in, they complain about their prior injectors. Oh, this person did this to me, then I have to go to the other person. Um, not good. People that shop around. Um, I know we don't do this for injectables, but people that are used to Groupons, uh, they come in and they tell you, you know, do you have any Groupon offers? They're, they're, they're what they call Groupon shoppers. Where um, I, I must admit, when I first started uh, 10, 12, I don't know, 15 years ago, I did Groupons for laser hair removal, hoping that when they came in, uh, they would do other treatments. But then I noticed that they were doing laser hair removals, Groupons, they would go to one office for underarms, they would go to another office for Brazilian, they would go to another office for legs. So I think Groupon shoppers will never, it's very hard to convert those Groupon shoppers onto um, the clients that you're looking for. Um, don't, don't, um, don't cut your prices down. Um, don't, don't, don't. If they ask you for a discount, you know, now all the different brands have different um, options. Elegant has the alley points, or as, I, as I call it, alley points. Um, alley's really good. That's a good way for them to uh, get discount coupons, or not coupons, but discount, discount prices. Um, then also remember this. When a patient comes in, and I, I say this all the time to the people that come in and take classes here, make sure you point you point out all the asymmetries that they have in their face. If they're treating the face, of course. Um, whatever area you're treating, make sure you point out all the asymmetries. Why is that? Because when you do the treatment, the, that asymmetry is gonna, the, it's gonna be enhanced and they're going to now see that and they're not gonna realize they had it before. And the first thing they're gonna come back and say, look, now this eyebrow is higher than the other, when in reality, they already came like that. Uh, Kate says, what do you suggest when they just call and constantly ask for you, uh, seam attaching on ways? Uh, ask for you, um, oh, when they ask for you personally, you mean like wanting not to talk to the nurse or the front desk? Um, well, first of all, I don't take calls personally. That's why I hire them. The first investment you should do is you hire a front desk person. Um, that's a good filter to have. Number one is to filter those calls. You shouldn't be answering the calls yourself. I know you might say, well, I'm just starting. So that's fine when you're just starting. But once you get your practice in your office, the the one thing you have to invest on, it's a, it's a front desk person. Um, and if they're calling and they don't want to talk to your nurse, they don't want to talk to you, you, the front desk, the best thing to do is just have them have the front desk ask what it is that, that they're looking for. You're always seeing people. So... Um, if anything, you know, take a message with uh, their phone number, and then if you have time, call them at the end of the day. Uh, what are your thoughts on listing price online? That's not a, a horrible idea. It's good to have a baseline price. Um, depends also on what it is that you're offering. Um, let's say the average out in the market for Botox is $12 a unit. Um, some people do 15 some people do 17 some people do 10, but if you're gonna go eight, absolutely for sure, do not advertise that online, number one. And number two, I would not recommend that you ever go below that, uh, the $10 mark, because at, at eight, you're probably not making any money anyway, so what's what's the point? 
um, what the personal experience was that I once uh, uh, did charge a very low price uh, uh, for a treatment. It was in uh, neurotoxin or derma fillers. And the person made an appointment, but then never came in. And when I asked her, in the, maybe six months later, that I saw her for another treatment, I said, why don't you come for the other treatment? She said, that to tell you the truth, it was too cheap. And I thought that what you were using wasn't the real thing. So using a, a very low prices can actually work against you. Um, so yes, you can, you can, or you can probably give some ballpark figures online uh, pricing, but um, but I would not go in, in detail um, because they'll either you'll either scare them away. Uh, sometimes um, you have to see what your what your treatments are, are worth, and they don't see why. They probably think um, you're charging X amount of money for a treatment, but they don't take in consideration that you're using the best product there is out there. There's many. Uh, people that for PRP treatment are using, uh, they're charging $100 for treatment. Now the tube is over $100, so how can they do that? Um, so those are all the other things that we need to educate the people on to um, uh, seeing what, what's out there. Usually the cheapest is not the best. Um, as Dr. Russo said, yeah, it's, it's absolutely correct. I agree with you, Dr. Russo. Um, you know, uh, we, we rarely ever, um, we have to value and work pretty much. That's what we do. Um, so as I said, when they come in to, for the consultation, you make sure you, you, you tell them everything that you see. You tell them everything that, um, they, that you want to point out in regards to that particular treatment. Don't tell them what you think they need. First of all, ask them what they need, what bothers them, and then you take it from there. Um, you don't just want to go ahead and start going. Oh, you need you need three or six ranges of of uh, filler. You need a, a lipid nose job. You need a, a chin and jawline. You need lips and all that. Um, so you need to find out what the problem is. Uh, Doctor Russo says don't discount value yourself and your services a hundred percent. I agree with that a hundred percent. Once you do that with the patient and once you establish a uh, a plan of treatment, then you need to tell them what realistic expectations um, they have or they should have. Uh, a lot of people come in, they bring a picture of Angelina Jolie or or my picture, I'm sorry, Brad Pitt, um, and they said, I want to look like this person. They don't, they never will. Um, I usually say, yeah, I want a million dollars too, but that's not going to happen. Uh, you need to see that the, the Every, every person is different, every person is unique, and they will not. If it was that easy, everybody probably would look like Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt, but that's not the point. Uh, so I see um, Jamie's laughing about it, of course. <clears throat> Realistic expectations. Um, always tell them, and this has happened to me, of course, uh, before, that I, I told the patient that they needed two syringes of filler, and when they really needed three. After two, the, the client was not happy, uh, rightfully so, and it was all my fault because I, I should have said they needed three instead of two. And, um, and of course, she said, if I knew I needed three, I would have not uh, done it because I didn't have enough money. So realistic expectations, uh, be true to the treatment, do what is right for the patient, don't cut corners. Um, 
Uh, let's see what else do we have. Um, if somebody comes in and, and complains about your, your work, they come in and they, um, they didn't like the way you treated them. Well, number one, you need to see that, is it really you, the injector, that made the mistake? Or is it something, like I said, you probably failed to bring something up that now they're, they're looking at it uh, more closely now that the other area of imperfection is perfect. Um, never, 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 never give the money back because then you're opening up a whole can of worms. You're, you're opening up a window for people to just, you know, they, they spread the word around. Oh, so-and-so, if you're not happy, they'll give you money back. So no, never, never, never um, give money back. Uh, you're doing what you have to do. If you go to a restaurant and you don't like the meal, they don't give you uh, your money back for that particular meal. So it's something you chose to do. There's uh, consent forms being signed as a patient, and they need to know what the risks are. Uh, building cheeks for the first time is often a fight. What is your pitch for that? Tracy, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I think you know me, what I say uh, to you guys in class, and the way I, I, I roll, it's slowly but surely. Um, it's hard to, right off the bat, um, inject three, four syringes on the cheeks. Some people do. Um, what I've always suggested is that come up with a plan. You know what? You're going to need, I believe, three syringes. But, you know, we'll, we're going to do one or two today, and then you can come back and do the third one later. Um, it, it, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's very difficult. But now as you get more um, experience and as you're taking more classes, and this goes for everybody, you see that we're not only treating the cheeks, we're treating the whole face. So you need to see what, um, what areas of the face will actually, you know, um, will look better if you uh, treated other areas rather than the cheek. As um, Dr. Russo says on his videos, we no longer or very rarely do we treat nasal labia folds. That's the thing of the past. Now by treating the cheeks, we create this little lift and then we're avoiding um, the nasal labia folds that before uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, that was the only thing that we treated. Um, uh, that just <laughs> Dr. Russo just pointed out, just like we talked about right now, nasal labia folds, somebody comes in for a nasal labia fold, but if you only see that and treat what they want, you would only treat that, but you're not really seeing the whole face. So you don't realize that by treating the, the cheekbones, you're going to give them a little lift, and then those relationship folds will get better. Educate the patients. 100% uh, agree with you, Dr. Russo. Educate the patients. Tell them what, um, what it is that they can accomplish by doing other things. Not necessarily the wrong things, but in this case, injecting the fillers, not uh, dermal fillers, not in the nasal folds, but doing some cheek work. That would also look really good. <clears throat> um, the patient that comes in with unrealistic expectations, they're waving me off right now. They're saying, get out. It's already, it's already time. Um, um, so <laughs> realistic expectations. Um, do not um, overpromise. It's always better to underpromise and overdeliver than underdeliver and overpromise. So with that being said, I think they're ready to shut me off. I know they said only half hour. So thank you for joining in.
any questions, please join, send us a message, and we'll be more than happy to um, answer your questions.